following sermon is from Faith Bible Church, located in Murrieta, California. More information about Faith Bible Church is available at www.faith-bible.net. I also wanted to let you know that uh, really the Lord is very concerned about your temperature right now. How many feel really hot? Can I see your hands if you're hot? How many feel really cold right now? How many are like, this is perfect. Look at that. I mean, we, we have had so much rain and cold and freezing, and now we're in this perfect environment. But you know what? The Lord is actually very concerned about your temperature. He actually talks about it in the scripture. And I wanted you to see that because uh, we titled this Living Hot from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. But understand, the Savior is concerned whether you're hot or cold or lukewarm, whether you're bold or indifferent. And interesting enough, because God has some very strong things to say about your temperature, you really kind of need to know what your temperature is. And so may I, on this 20th anniversary... Talk about where we're at temperature-wise, and uh, where your spiritual temperature is, where your conviction commitment is, and I want to turn up the heat a little bit. The Bible actually talks about being fervent in spirit. Jesus warns of the danger that people's love will grow, what? Cold. And Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, you've left your first love, and then he later on talks in Revelation 3, 15, uh, he rebukes anybody who is lukewarm and not hot or cold. And really, the warnings for believers not to live hot nor live bold are pretty serious in the scripture. In fact, uh, John MacArthur makes this statement, biblical hotness is people who are spiritually alive, possess the fervency of a transformed life with a passion to serve Christ. That's spiritual hotness. And those of you who are not hot nor bold may actually face the danger of hearing, I never knew you. There's really a danger in that. And yet there's another side of it. There's actually two options. It may be I I never knew you or you're cooling off. You're hesitant you may face the discipline of God's correction. And that's exactly what Timothy faced in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. So if you have a Bible, turn there. If not, follow along in that outline. It's used as a fan, but it's also used to take notes. Okay, so st- stay with me on it. Uh, basically, what's happening here is Nero is persecuting the Christians, and he's actually blaming them for causing a fire that he lit so that he could rebuild part of Rome. All right? And then his, his mentor, Timothy's mentor, Paul, has been arrested, and now he's facing the real honest threat of being beheaded. And this is your mentor, all right? This is the one who's basically been there for you. And in Timothy's church in Ephesus, he's actually painfully being attacked by some people in his own church uh, for over doctrinal issues. Some of his own spiritual family is picking on him. And Timothy right now is really beat up. He's just really beat up. And he's become afraid. He's become cautious. He's become hesitant. He's lost his fire. He's cooled off. And he stopped being bold. So Paul writes him. And the first thing he says, if you have a Bible there, maybe you don't, but let me remind you, he basically talks and reminds Timothy of his past and how he first became a Christian. Very first thing in the very beginning verses here. You see it? Look at verse 3, remember. Verse 4, I recall. Verse 5, I am mindful. Verse 6, I remind you. He's reminding him of things. Then the starting place when you want to fire up is remember where you came from. Remember what you were 
when you were a brand new baby Christian, right? You were a vile, corrupt, lost, dead sinner, and God woke you up and gave you new life and promised you eternal life. Isn't that incredible? One moment you're headed to eternal torment, the next moment, because of His grace, you're now in a relationship with Him, and you're now secure for all eternity, and God did that. And you remember what you were. The moment Gene and I start talking about what we were before we were Christians, we get really fired up and thankful that we are no longer those people. Anybody with me on that? We are so glad not to be those people. And interesting enough, the starting place here is remember your deliverance. Remember your forgiveness that came with Christ. Remember that. Even remember what you were like as a non-Christian. Rehearse that every once in a while so that you remember your first days as a Christian, and some of you, just like me, were horrible people before you came to Christ. Can Anybody want to say amen to that? Amen. Horrible. Now, some of you know me, and you go, Chris, we know you. You're new, yes, but you're not that new, and we can still see the horrible. Okay, I get that, but understand the crucial steps to living hot is to daily remember that you are definitely someone who has been born again, what Christ has done and is doing and will do for you for all eternity. And then Paul says to Timothy, remember your rebellious sin, remember your defiant evil, remember your selfish pride, remember that you were enslaved to your sin. You had lust and greed and anger, and remember the guilt from your sin. The starting place to boldness, the starting place to be on fire, is remembering what you used to be as a non-Christian. Now Paul's not done here. After motivating Timothy to remember, Paul gives Timothy and you two steps, all right? They're right here in your outline, two more steps to growing hot, to living bold, and they're found in verses 6 and 7. Take a look at them. It says this, for this reason, I remind you to what? Anybody? Kindle afresh. Say it with me, everybody. To kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love, and discipline. This is going to go fast, but to raise your temperature up to on fire, to actually bring your brave up to bold for Christ, you do this by two things. And these are the two points we've got tonight. We're going fast. Here we go. Track with me. Exercise your giftedness in ministry to fire up your heart for Christ. Exercise your giftedness. When you cool off, Paul tells you, verse 6, kindle afresh the gift of God that is in you. And you know what Kindle Afresh is. You're at the campfire. And you're sitting there and you're singing songs. You're roasting marshmallows or whatever. And that fire is getting cooler and cooler and cooler. And some kid or dad or somebody grabs a stick and starts stirring that fire up, moving the wood around, and all of a sudden it gets really hot. Remember that? That's the word Kindle Afresh. Stir it up. And he says, stir it up. How do you stir it up? You stir it up by serving with your gift in ministry. Isn't that amazing? Gift is spiritual gift. God-given abilities for service within the body of Christ. And at salvation, when you're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit gifts you in a special way to show off Jesus Christ. That's what I love about the body of Christ. You've heard me say this way too many times. I love the body of Christ because every single person who's born again, who's sitting here right now that knows Christ, can put Christ on display in a way that nobody else can. Don't you love that? And that's why when we encourage that and we see that, we see more of Christ and we start loving the saints all the more because we're so thankful that they're putting Christ on display the way they do. And interesting enough, Christ is a servant. You show him off by serving. And a spiritual gift is expressed by serving others in ministry. And if you're cooling off, 
If your temperature is a little low, you've gotten a little bit beat up like Timothy was, if you become afraid and cautious and hesitant, then God says, get back in serving in ministry. Get back to it. Regularly, supernaturally, give, serve, be merciful, teach, preach, exhort, administrate, lead, and so many other ways to express spiritual giftedness. It's like getting on the elliptical. You know what you, you get on? Does anybody get on the elliptical here? Okay, thank you, Gene. All right, so anybody else? All right, you get on the elliptical, you start working it, and what happens? What happens to your temperature? What happens? Tell me. It gets hot. You start exercising, and it gets hot. And that's what he's talking about here. You start exercising. Now you get a little tired. Your heart gets stronger. You sleep better. You get addicted to watching Christ work through you to love others. But all of a sudden, you start getting hotter as you exercise. You don't know how you're gifted. It's simple. Start serving and talk to people you minister with. Just talk to them. Be honest. And say, what do you see? How do you observe? And, 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 and the people that you minister to, what are you seeing? How do you, how do you see this viewed? I mean, the first time that I came to grips with some of my spiritual gifts, it was the men that I was ministering with, and they basically said to me, this is what you are, Chris. This is who you are. This is what you need to do with the rest of your life. And they were spot on. And we get that input from people, we begin to understand how God put us together. So understand, people will help you. You say, how? If you're a teacher, or you think you're a teacher, and yet people instantly fall asleep as you teach, you're not a teacher. Are you with me on this? Uh, people will help you. If you think you're a leader, but as you lead, no one's following you, guess what? You're not a leader. That's right. If you think you're a giver, you're, but you clench your fist around every dollar you give, and you're, you're just not a giver. And if you think you're merciful, you've heard me say this a hundred times, and the sick you minister at the hospital want to die after you leave, you are not gifted with mercy. Understand, people help you if you would just serve and listen to what they have to say. Spirit-filled people. To get hot, use your giftedness. That's what Paul's saying. No one is ever hot until they faithfully serve. Until they faithfully serve. If you're saved, you're gifted. If you're gifted, you're created to serve. And John MacArthur, again, quoting my mentor, your sole purpose as Christians is to obey and serve the Lord through the gift He blessed you with, so that the body of Christ may be built up to accomplish God's purposes. For four years, I have not been able to raise my right arm like this. So, are you watching? Are you ready? Here we go. Here's my right arm. That's as far as it goes right now. I had shoulder surgery, all right? And over four years, because I haven't been doing this, these muscles up here have atrophied. Anybody know what atrophy is? They're just going, when I put my arm up like this, they're going, what are you doing? You know, we haven't been used here for years, and now you're trying to stretch me and make me work? What are you doing? But I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm forcing myself on them. I'm, they're listening to me. It's getting better. But understand, that's what happens to us. When we don't use the muscles that God has given us, we begin to atrophy and grow cold instead of hot. That's what God designed, and that's what he's talking about here. This is happening to Timothy. It can happen to you. Your spiritual muscles grow cold from disuse. Disuse. And if you want to take your spiritual life to the next level, stir up your gift and service. Become hot again, friends. God wants your temperature to go up. He wants you hot, but you must faithfully serve in order to be on fire. This is our challenge. This is a 20-year commitment. We're recommitting ourselves to this process because that's the way God designed the church. The second point, along with growing hot, the Lord wants you to live bold, Timothy. 
bold, Christian. So Paul says to Timothy, number two in your outline, depend on God's resources alone to fire up your heart for Christ. Depend on God's recesses alone, his resources, to fire up your heart for Christ. Paul gives Timothy the key to basically growing bold and to not be shy, to guard against being ashamed, to actually grow bold. Verse 7, take a look at it. For God has not given us a spirit of, say it, timidity, but of power and love and discipline. God has given you, Timothy, and you, Christian, all the resources you need to be bold in Christ. Now, you know that. You know this as a good church, as a biblical church. Ephesians 1.3, you have everything you need in your spiritual life. He says in Ephesians 1.3, God has blessed us, and blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with how many spiritual blessings? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Peter says the same thing similarly in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us, what? Everything. Every, isn't continuity there. Everything pertaining to life and godliness. God has given you everything you need to become bold, sharing, standing boldly for Christ when opposed. And Paul says there is no excuse for being timid, Timothy. No excuse. The Greek word timid is a cowardly, shameful fear generated by a weak, selfish character. And Paul is stabbing Timothy in the heart with this challenge. When you are vacillating, when you are apprehensive, you can be sure your focus is on you. Your focus is on your resources. You're relying on your resources, not depending on the Lord, not reliant on Him and His abundant supply. The path to live hot and grow bold is depend on God's resources. What are they? Verse 7, your resources you have from your heavenly father are power and love and what? Discipline, strength, sacrifice, and self-mastery. Write it down, strength, sacrifice, and self-mastery. Let's look at each one and then we're done. Power is strength. Strength. God has given you all the strength you need, even when you're tired, even when you're wiped out. Have you noticed that? Those of you who are gifted in ministry, those of you, you know, which you are, but you're using it in ministry, have you noticed that sometimes you're at the end of your rope and yet God continues to help work through you? Uh, remember when he says, you, when you are weak, you are what? Strong. We come to an end of ourselves and God says, ooh, now I can really shine. Right? And he shows himself through us. God provides us with his power in order for us to be effective in service, productive. In fact, Paul says, Timothy, you've got God's power. If you depend on God's resources, you know what? Write this down. Keep saying this. I can't, but you can, Lord. Even when you think you can. I can't, but you can, Lord. Even when you're used to it and people accept you as a teacher or, or a counselor or a discipler, you say, Lord, I can't do this. You have to do this. You have to work through me. You have to manifest yourself. That's when you see God work and step out boldly. Ephesians 3.20, one of my favorites, reminds you that the Spirit is in you and He is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we what? Ask or even what? Think. Even beyond what we can imagine. Uh, you understand, this beyond what we can even think about. God does not provide you His power for you to use for your purposes. Let me say it again. God does not provide his power for you to use for his purposes. God provides his power to accomplish his purposes through you. It's not, I can do all things, meaning anything I want to do for Christ. 
but I can do all things, meaning God's things, in God's strengths. I can live His way, serve in His church, share His gospel in His strength. We are strengthened to do God's will, not your will. Are you tracking? That's what He's calling it. And you say, I can't. Oh, but you can, Lord. Just step out in obedience. Love, secondly, is sacrifice. Sacrifice. This love is agape, the volitional, selfless love that desires the best and works for the best interests of others. Agape is not conditional. It is not, if you do this, then I will love you type love. It's not that. Agape is not, because you do these wonderful, sweet things, I will love you type love. It's not that. Agape is, I will sacrifice for you regardless type love. That's what it is. It's self-denying grace that says, I will give myself away on your behalf. That's agape. And that's the love he's talking about here. And that's the supernatural love that points to God's character. Again, John MacArthur says, quote, Our spiritual lives, there in your outline, are measured accurately by our love. Uh, if our first love is for self, and our life will center on seeking our own welfare, our own objectives, our own comfort, and our own successes... We will not sacrifice ourselves for others or even for the Lord. But if we love with the love that God provides, God through us, as we rely on His Spirit, our love will center on pleasing Him and seeking the welfare of others, especially other Christians. End quote. Christian, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. This is the treasure that you have to be bold and hot for Christ. Christian, the love of God has been shed abroad. You can be bold, you can be hot, and you can be, thirdly, disciplined. Disciplined, that's self-mastery. Where you can rule your own spirit, so to speak, by the Spirit of God. The Spirit-empowered self-control that creates a biblically ordered life. Where God's Word and God's wisdom can be applied to every situation, creating a boldness for Christ. That's what happens. The great resources of strength and sacrifice and self-mastery belong to every believer. These are not natural. You don't learn these. You're not born with them. Uh, you even can't learn them in a classroom and develop from experience. They are not the result of your family, your environment, or instruction. Listen, this power, this love, this discipline only comes from God Himself. Are you tracking with me? We have to be reliant upon Him. You have them already. The question is, if you are just going to rely upon the Spirit of God and seek to put them into practice, then you're going to grow bold. You really will. Now, all these three strengths are present. When these are functioning in your life, when you're dependent upon the Spirit of God for these things, boldness and hotness, okay, can we say that as Christians? Hotness are certain. Great things will happen in and through your lives for our Lord Jesus Christ and His glory. It will be for His glory. The hot minister to their gift, the bold, depend on God's resources. So let me wrap this up. Like the best food you ever had eaten, how will you take this home? Are you ready? Letter A. The difference between the lukewarm and Christians who are cooling a little is repentance. Is repentance. What do I mean by that? How do you know? Right now, if you're an unsaved, lukewarm make-believer or a cooling-off, Timothy-type true believer, how do you know the difference? Here's the difference. Are you ready? The lukewarm will leave here tonight and do nothing. 
the cooling Christian will repent and seek to live hot. That's the difference. The lukewarm are going to do anything. They're going to remain what? Lukewarm. Letter B. You have much to overcome in order to be bold for Christ. Our culture is seducing you and pressuring me to be convenient, comfortable, casual. Is anybody feeling that? Sure. Come on. Does the enemy want you hot and bold? Yes or no? No. Your boldness is a confidence that makes you a threat. And your giftedness is a weapon the enemy does not want you to fire. He doesn't. To win the battle facing FBC for the next 20 years, you must grow bold and you must grow hot. I don't know when it's going to fall, but it's going to fall. And you know it. You, some of you feel it with me. There's some big things coming down the pike, culture-wise, against us. You know it. Let's get ready. Let's get defiant to that pressure and stand firm for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we're trying to do. Letter C, fanning the fire to live hot for Christ requires you remember. You remember. Remember verse 3? Constantly remember. Verse 4, I recall. Verse 5, I am mindful. Verse 6, I remind you. Remember what you were before Christ. Remember what Christ did for you so that you cannot help but serve Him and stand firm for Him. You don't want to be that person anymore. You don't want to fall into an easy lifestyle. You want to be, I want to be uniquely different than what I was. Remember what you were. Letter D. Zeal is expected of all genuine Christians. Romans chapter 12 verse 11. Be fervent in spirit. Manifest a passion and heart for Christ while you do lots of good things for Christ. Let me say it again. Manifest a passion and heart for Christ while you do lots of things for Christ. Seek to love the Lord with all your heart. All your soul, say it with me, all your mind and all your strength. Do not settle for less. Make sure you say, Lord, I want to love you. The great commandment, I want to love you because you loved me first. And letter E, genuine Christians do live hot and seek to be bold. In fact, all true Christians are willing to do anything for Christ. That's Luke 14. They want to obey God's word from the heart. That's Romans 6.17. They authentically will worship Christ by offering their entire lives of a living sacrifice. That's Romans chapter 12. The question tonight is, are you hot? Are you bold? If not for some, it means you may need to turn to Christ because in every church there are wheat and there are tares. So we always want to make sure that people hear the truth and the gospel. they got to turn to Christ, that He's God who became a man, who suffered and died, bore God's wrath for sin, rose from the dead. You've got to put your hope in Him, and He's got to cover you in His righteousness for you to be able to stand before God, or you're lost forever. Wait, wait, wait. Lost forever. You need to turn to Christ. Then if you're going to cry out to Him to transform your heart, then you can minister your gift and become hot. And you'll depend on God's resources and become bold. Let's be that church. Amen? Let's pray together. Can you believe I got it done? Amazing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this challenge. Thank you for your love. And Father, thank you for this incredible body. And how they've ministered to me over the years. Continue to keep that relationship strong. And Lord, we'll give you all the glory for what you'll do in our midst. And help us to really take note of really what you want from us 
as we depend on you. We pray that you would be glorified by how we respond to tonight. And thank you for the sweet celebration and memories and the way that you have been so faithful to us. We give you all the glory for it. And we pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Thanks for listening today. Sermon audio from the last three years is available by podcast, and a larger archive from Chris Mueller and Faith Bible Church can be found at media.faith-bible.net. And if you would, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps a lot. Thanks, and have a great day.